Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. Welcome to Exploring Missions this weekend. We hope that you're having a great weekend, planning on worship, or you may have worshiped already, but we pray that it was real and it would lead you to make a difference with what God has placed you, where he's placed you, what he's given you, and the people that come in contact with you. Nathan Harper is our co-host. Nathan, we're excited about our guest that we're going to interview today. And uh, let me just share with you, I've known him not quite 50 years, but more than 40 years. Okay. That's, that's a long way. That's uh, about the same amount of time you've known me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it gets that way. But our guest today is Dr. Tom Prather. He's director of House Parent Ministries for the Baptist Children's Village in Mississippi. Tom, Welcome. Thank you, Bert. Nathan's good to be here. If I revert to Tommy, that means I, I went back in time, I right? I feel right at home. That's right. <laughs> and uh, he was. He was a youth minister at a church where I was for a summer, and we just grew up appreciating him and have kept in contact at a distance. Just the other day, I was at a meeting, and I got to hear him, and I said, man, I need to have Tom here come and share. So we appreciate you making the trek uh, over from northwest Mississippi to northeast Mississippi. That's correct. Kind of coming back home, but it's just a joy to be here. Well, it is. And Nathan, one of the most important things that Jesus did while he was here was to raise the value of children. Mm, yeah. He did that in unreal ways, the value of women and the value of children. Those apostles thought, well, he doesn't have time. He doesn't need to waste his time on them. But Jesus kind of corrected them, didn't he? He did. For Jesus, children, women, many who would be seen as outcasts in those days, none of those people were ever an afterthought to Jesus. They weren't second-hand thoughts. They were top of his mind. They were on his heart, uh, reflected God's heart especially children. You just see God's heart for children. I mean, he calls us his children. And so God's heart is reflected in Jesus's life. And hopefully, and it should be reflected in all of our lives as the church, as God's children. You know, I just made a connection. James, the writer of the book of James, was Jesus' half-brother. And he's the one that said, pure religion, make sure you take care of the orphans. Yeah. I, uh, may have gotten some of that from Mary and Joseph as well. And yeah. uh, so at least it passed on. Praise the Lord for that. Well, Tom, we want to talk to you about the Baptist Children's Village. Uh, here in Mississippi, it's been around for quite a while. Many denominations has facilities that cares for children. And that's what we want to talk about. We want to talk about what God is doing to reach children and to nurture them and to help them and to strengthen them and to love them. But specifically, we want to hear the story of the Baptist Children's Village and what's taking place here and what you do and, and helping with house parents. But tell us a little bit about the history of the Baptist Children's Village. Yes, the, the ministry of the village actually was started in 1893 uh, wow. when God called and placed on the heart of uh, Reverend L.S. Foster. 
who was actually from Senatobia, Mississippi, and he had a burden to provide care for orphans and children. He appealed to uh, the churches in Mississippi and just asked if there's any desire out there among the churches. And you can see that uh, there was a response Late in 1893, uh, Mrs. Lou Moore actually sent the first dollar. <laughs> and she said, along with my prayers, I send this dollar. Amen. And then it just uh, multiplied, and, and the Lord touched churches. He touched individuals' hearts. And then May the 12th, 1897, the first child was accepted into the Baptist orphanage. That's what it was called then. Called then in Jackson, Mississippi. Reverend Foster was the first uh, superintendent, so to speak, and he moved from Senatobia to Jackson and uh, ran the orphanage there. And I'll tell you, Bert, over in the 100, the first 120 years, you, you can see we've been around kind of a long time, a first child since 1897, but in the first 120 years, over 8,000 children lived at the Baptist Children's Village. Mm, wow. 8,000? 8,000 children. Making a difference. Yeah. And some of them were brothers and sisters. That's correct. Uh, one of the places that I served early on in my ministry was in New Albany, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. I was a mission pastor of First Baptist Church there, a mission called Clark Street. And at that time, they had a home there in New Albany mm-hmm. where they had the Baptist Children's Village had a satellite That's home. Right. And in that home was, was brothers and sisters. And I remember them. And they made an impact on my life and the house parents who were there. I remember as just a young, young minister yeah. that I said, this is, this is a ministry worth looking at, supporting, and praying for. It is. And just when you, when, you, you, when you think of that picture that you just presented of that home and, and you mentioned house parents and, and ministry, that's, that's really who the village is, so to speak. And our director now, uh, Bert St. Milner, actually lived in that home in New Albany and graduated high school from New Albany High School. <laughs> and he is now our executive director. He, he lived on the campus of the village for 18 years. And a house parent is the one that introduced him to the Lord. And when you think about the mission of the village, you, you think about it, yeah, we, we educate them. You know, we, we give them a home. We feed them. We clothe them. We take them to the doctor. We go to school with them. We do all those things that a family does. But our mission, our number one mission is to share the gospel of Christ with them. And that's who we are. And uh, our house parents are, are the ones that live with them daily. There's just story after story of uh, children hearing the gospel from their house parents and they come to know Christ and their lives are changed forever. And that's what we, when we, when we recruit house parents or talk to them, that's one of the things that always comes to the front really, really quick when we're talking to them is, is they want to make a difference in a child's life Mm -hmm. and there's no better place to do it. Tom, you mentioned that since the beginning up to now, over 8,000 children have lived at the Baptist Children's Village. I know there's numerous different stories. Each individual has a story, but what are some of the reasons why some of the children come to live there? How are they found maybe without parents that can care for them or family that can provide that care? As you can imagine, Nathan, there's, there's all kinds of situations out 
in the homes of families and children, and uh, not to the children's making or anything right. like that, but it's just life, and it happens. And, and there are families that end up in very difficult situations for many, many different reasons. They could have you know, lost their parents. They could be living with grandparents. It's just uh, all kind of economic situations. And, and sad to say, there are some very difficult circumstances that children are found and then <clears throat> the way that children come to us is really two ways. The main way is from uh, private referrals, mm-hmm. somebody in a church or somebody that just knows about the village that knows of a family out there where there's children that need some help. Well, they can call us directly, and we have a clinical services department that will work with that family. Let me say this, too, at this time. Very rarely do we take custody of the children. Okay. I know when the village was started, it was really for orphanage. It's called the Baptist Orphanage. But down through the years, it's uh, changed the name to the Baptist Children's Village. And very, very few rare circumstances do we actually take custody of the children. And in so doing, what we do is we continue to work with the families. Mm. And we encourage the family members to, to stay in touch with them and be a part of the child's lives on down down through the years. So we do get them by private uh, referral. We also have a good uh, relationship with CPS, Department of Human Services in the state. Uh, they work with us really close, and they will refer uh, from time to time children to us. Okay. So over the years, the reason for the children coming has changed and now it's very varied where originally they were just without a parent that's correct and now the mission hadn't changed though but the time frame in which a child stays with you that is more variable now than it was in the beginning i guess they if they were orphans unless they were adopted they were there until like you said the director now he's 18 years that's true we just to give you a example of that bert and nathan we we can possibly care at one time, and we have seven campuses now, so we can actually care for about 100 children if our campuses were full. But because of uh, children come stay six months for us or a year, and you know they, the number fluctuates. So we, we have had at least uh, some years uh, 200 children in one year come through just because of the rotation. And like I said, we do work at times to help the families reunite and get back together. And uh, we take young children and birth. They can they can actually live with us if the circumstance uh, dictates until they're 21 or they finish college. Hmm. They can stay with us and go all the way through. College. You mean you don't just push them out of no, the nest we don't at graduation? Out, no. we're gonna we're gonna get them through college we're gonna help them learn those life skills and maybe connect them and get them started in life as i hear this tommy i see the ministry of those house parents that you are the one that's recruiting and training and response help to retrain they have to have a heart for god and for children as well there's no question uh the first thing it just uh <clears throat> you know when you when you hear somebody's interested in uh, serving as a house parent, and, and I, the, one of the greatest things I enjoy is I'll see that name of that couple or that individual, and 
I'll call them, and then I'm, I'm going to go meet them. We just sat down and talked. But it all comes out real quick that they love children, they love the Lord, and they understand what their role is in sharing Jesus with those, with those children. Let me tell you something else, how we look on our house, our house parents. And it's, it's been quite a blessing for me and, and all of our staff. But um, I became associated with house parents when I was in college at MC. And I would MC go, is Mississippi College. Mississippi College. Yeah. I would hey, go we out. have to change your Mississippi language. Oh, make, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. I told you I would help you there. Mississippi it, College. There he is. Down Mississippi in, College. Down in Clinton, Mississippi. And the village was close. Our big campus used to be close to Clinton, Mississippi. But I would go out there a couple nights a week through the BSU and tutor in the college, cottages and in the boys' cottage. And, and I got to know those house parents. And for years, I thought, they're missionaries. They are called by the Lord to serve these children, just like someone's called to foreign missions or North American missions or anywhere. But when you talk to a house parent, there's two things they're going to tell you. When you say, well, what would you like people to know? And they'll say, number one, uh, you have to be called by the Lord to serve. And number two, tell them that we do get a salary. <laughs> because a lot of people think, well, this is a volunteer. But no, we support our our house parents, and we're going to take care of them, too. You mean they still have bills after they come they to the do. They have a few bills also. Yeah, it is. Uh, well, Nathan, when I when I hear this and know this, um, uh, I've had I've been the pastor of about three individuals who have grown up and been a part of the Baptist Children's Village. And every time around Mother's Day when we see the offering offered to Southern Baptist churches here in Mississippi to give to the Baptist Children's Village, they would step up and they'd say, it makes a difference. And, and so missions, sometimes we don't associate child, quote, child care with missions, but this is definitely missional. Absolutely. I mean, child care from basic, you know, the, the international mission family who has children and they need someone to go and and homeschool their children on the field wherever they might be or even here we have a situation where house parents are needed to raise children and to share God's love with children in practical ways on a daily basis in maybe your home state in fact you know that's that's really the direct the very first line of of of, of your mission field is is the home is the family, whether it be your family or maybe somebody else's family. Tom, I am curious, maybe when you talk to prospective house parents, do they, I don't know, is there a question of how difficult is this to raise? Because I know as a parent, it's very difficult to raise my own children. I can't imagine trying to raise somebody else's children or, or, or helping that. Is there a question with that? How does that work? Well, as you can tell, we, uh, we have a great I mentioned clinical services department, and we also have on each campus a a campus director, Mm. and they're really, uh, of course, just the director of the house parents, and we also have a case manager. Okay. So what we have on every campus is a team that works and supports the house parents. One of the first things that that campus director is going to do is spend at least 40 hours of training (laughs) with the house parents. I can assure you, you know, they'll go over everything, but it's just like going to school. You know, you can learn it in a book, but right. 
you got to learn it in real life. <laughs> they didn't. Here's what preachers say: they didn't teach us this in seminary. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But they uh, they work together, and uh, it just seems that uh, when they when they understand their calling and what they're there to do, then the Lord just supports them, and it just works. Hmm. It's just, well, it's a great ministry. We have there's a couple listening, and they say, you know. I'm at the place in my life where I know God is touching me, and I feel a drawing to to check into this. How, how would they go about it? How does a couple or an individual say, "I this may be where God wants me. I'm open to it, and I'm open to his calling. What would be the steps in contacting Baptist Children's Village? Start with prayer, and I'll tell you, the Lord will direct them at every step. Uh, if, he, if they feel that calling. And, and of course, uh, we have our village website. It's just simply baptistchildrensvillage.com. They can go there and uh, learn all about us, what we do, who we are. Uh, there's a section about house parents and talks about the house parents. And then uh, how to apply is even on, on there in our employment section. So the first thing I would suggest for anybody to do is just review that our website just learn as much as we can then there's contact numbers on there Bert for all of us for me uh, if they would call me I'm usually going to be the first person that responds to them if someone shows an interest and like I said I'm gonna give them that phone call real quick and just talk over the phone as long as they want to my next thing I like to do is just go see them visit face to face and just like that'll that puts people at ease, and I can share information with them. So it's just a couple of if they would make that effort to check us out on the website, uh, call me, and we'll go from there. And there may be a person out of state that was interested in it. Is, do they have to be from Mississippi? No, great question. I'll tell you this: um, uh, we have, uh, over the. Um, summer and early fall we've employed uh, some new house parent couples uh, one was from uh, louisiana one from uh, south carolina uh, one from alabama so it's uh, we have they're not just from mississippi that uh, that people hear about us and check into us but most denominations and many of the other states have child facility to take care of children that are in dire circumstances, either long-term or, like you said, short-term. So most of the time, you can go into a website of your denomination of whatever it is. If you're an independent church or anything like that, you might just take take time to look at Baptist Children's Village or others and and check to see what, what the opportunity is because a lot of times people are equipped, but they don't know they're equipped, and they're they've got a heart but they don't know where yeah. to. Don't have you, an outlet. Yeah, for they that. don't have an outlet for it. Yeah. So I can see that re- being a real, real possibility. There's actually a website, houseparent.net. Okay. That's kind of nationwide, and we actually uh, have a lot of contacts that houseparent.net. come from that. Houseparent.net. and uh, it uh, features organizations in several states, and uh, they can find out about that. Well, every church and every denomination, Nathan, should have a heart for this. Yeah. And there should be some way of it may be their own or it may be them working with other facilities that they know of 
But these that have a Christ-like facility, uh, is that a battle, sharing the gospel? Or is people coming at churches and saying, you can't do this? Well, that's, I don't want to bring up sour grapes, no, but hey, we live in that world today. We are definitely in that world. And when I share prayer requests uh, with different groups that ask, that's that's one of them that I always share is just pray that we we will be able to stand because just like the church, Bert, and other Christian organizations, there are people and there's organizations out there would just seem for us to close the doors. They had rather those children stay in dire circumstances to come under than to come under the influence of Jesus Christ. That's exactly right. I mean, a lot of folks, adoption has happened, and uh, they've said, you know, same-sex couples and all of the things that are available today, and there's some deregulation of that, and it, it is a scary thing. And so to find a group of people that saying we're going to stand for the Bible in love, what an opportunity this is for people. It is, absolutely. And when you think of our our number one mission and goal is to share the gospel with these children forever how long we have them. And we have seen lives changed. Let me tell you something else we do on that line about sharing the gospel. On our seven campuses, each campus has a host church. And that church, uh, we try to do life with these children and youth, just like y'all would Mm -hmm. in your families. But that host church, uh, the house parents care on Wednesdays and Sundays, and they just participate with the children and youth, just do all those kind of activities. And uh, through those church activities, they have another avenue to hear the gospel naturally. And we have seen many, many times that our our young people just accept the Lord, and we've seen them baptized. And when you think about that, just think about the people they're going to reach. Yeah, I mean, my goodness, uh, it's just ongoing uh, the, down through the years. Mm-hmm. I mentioned 8,000 children, but just think about family members and others that have heard the gospel from them. Yeah, future generations that have gone out and uh, started seeing families of their own and, and made disciples of their own children. It's amazing that it can start with the, the heart, the love of a house parent, you know, with that conviction and that uh, desire to make disciples. One of the stories I remember about Baptist Children's Village is a man that's gone on to be of the Lord, Dr. Kermit McGregor, and his connection, and he loved Baptist Children's Village. And he was there, and he was going to lead this girl that was wanting to follow Christ. He went through all what it takes, trust the Lord, repent, turn to him, ask him to come into your life as he died on the cross. He paid for that price. You understood all that. And he said, well, just pray with me then. And he started praying. He said, now you can just repeat my words. And he said, heavenly father. And she got to heavenly and could not say father because she had become come from an abusive situation and she was old enough to know that's not what a father should be, but that's what it was. And father represented to her an unloving, abusive, uncaring individual. And she could not understand how the heavenly father could be called father. And that's where some of these kids' children have come from. They've come from that situation. But they see the love of Jesus Christ in the house parents in the caseworkers, in the directors, even in the 
and the recruiter for the house parents. <laughs> they can see the love of Jesus Christ. So some of the things, there's barriers that have to be broken down for these children to even to understand the love of God. It is. And our house parents, and Nathan, we talked about the training, and, and they, they understand that. Uh, and all of them will come from a different situation. Mm-hmm. And they will their emotions, you know, just you don't know what's uh, bottled up inside of them. But they'll get to know them. And they'll be they'll be watching out and be very patient with them. And, and Bert, that example you just gave, I'm sure, has is, is happened over and over again. But through the love that they show them, then they come to know and understand. That girl, by the way, Dr. McGregor, took plenty of time to demonstrate and show to her about the, our real Heavenly Father. And that young lady did come to Christ, and what a joy that is. Amen. Well, what would you tell people to know how to pray for the Baptist Children Village? And when you hear this, pray specifically for us. <clears throat> but remember all those child care facilities within your states that are Christian and the difference they're making. And I, I would nearly say their re- prayer requests would be very similar, if not the same, Absolutely as yours. Similar. Yeah, I, there, there's four things I always mention. But let me back up just a minute now. There's one more thing I want to tell you about our house parents and the mission aspect. And I mentioned that, you know, I always looked on them as missionaries, and mm-hmm. I, I know everybody, uh, a lot of people did too. But and we we are an agency, like we've mentioned, of the Baptist Convention since they started us uh, 122 years ago. And they've been so faithful down through the years the churches have in uh, supporting us. We, we don't get any federal or state money. But... Uh, our missionaries now, uh, we have commissioning services in the local host church of the campuses. Through the Baptist Convention, we commission them as Mississippi Baptist missionaries. Mm-hmm. Amen. And I'm telling you, Bert and uh, Nathan, that's just, it's just such a joy to, do, to be a part of that. That's frontline missions. It's frontline missions, and it, it puts them in, and people know about them, and they pray for them, yeah. and they can just keep lifting them up. And it's such an encouraging thing. Well, let me, we got about a minute and a half, right. so tell us those four things. The four, if somebody said, what, what are your needs right now? Well, number one, I always say pray for our children. Two aspects. Number one, the children in our homes now, and then those that the Lord are going to send because he's going to send them to us. Number two, pray for our house parents. Uh, those that are on uh, duty now, we have 33 house parents serving right now, 14 couples and five single uh, ladies. But pray for our missionary house parents. They do life daily uh, with the children. The third thing is I ask that we pray that all of the churches and individuals that support the village just continue to do that and be sustained uh, in ministry, uh, sustained the ministry of the village by continuing to financially support us like they've always done. Amen. And then that fourth thing is what I mentioned earlier, the ministry, that the ministry of the village will stand because there's people just soon we wouldn't, wouldn't be there. Tom, we're glad you're there. Thank you. When I think about when we first knew each other and where God has us now, he can do that with those children at the Bibbish Children's Village as well. Absolutely. Nathan, thank you, man. Thank you. And be on mission for God. Look for those opportunities. And if God has something for you, houseparent.net. Houseparent.net. Tune there. Or BabbishChildrensVillage.com. Either way. 
Thank you for listening to Exploring Missions today, and may God use you for His purpose and for His glory.